So how do you like this for transformations? You're a six foot tall Minnesotan who plays basketball all the time. You wangle your way into Duke. I'm not saying she wangled, she went to Duke. Um, and, but you're not good enough to play on the women's team necessarily. So you end up managing the team, but you travel all around with the team and you find out you really love the entertainment part of what's going on. And when you leave school, you find that you use the network from your university to connect with people who are in the entertainment area. And you also had uh, a, what do you call that? An internship out in LA, um, which got you hooked up with some Broadway types early on, but you really love entertainment and you get in there where you're managing entertainment on Broadway. You love it. You're on your way up. And then blam, you run right into COVID. What the heck do you do? Well, my next guest, Margaret Skogland, does the thing that some people do. And they say, okay, if I can't have it the way that I wanted it, I'm going to have it my way. And she created a company called Virtual Broadway. And what you can do if you're a corporation is use her as the medium between all kinds of entertainers and Broadway dancers and singers and music people to create things for corporate America. Even um, right now, most things are obviously going to be remotely done, but eventually they may be lively done um, in person down the road. Anyway, she has booked all kinds of wonderful entertainment for various corporations around the world. And she is off and running during the pandemic. So I bring you a discussion of not only reinventing yourself, but reinventing what you do for a living in a pandemic. And here is Margaret. So Margaret, I'm so glad that we have you. You're our first interview in 2021. Fantastic. And let's hope it's a better year than 2020. <laughs> you know what? I think anything's better than 2020, right? So, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So pertinent to that, um, we're going to talk about you, first of all, um, reinventing yourself um, from being a basketball player mm -hmm. into the world of theater. And then we're going to talk about pivoting in the pandemic, actually your interest in theater and how you're changing it to work in the pandemic. So let's just start with your background. Um, where did you grow up and how the heck did you end up in basketball? Sure. Well, I like to say I was basketball to Broadway to business. So I hope you're audience likes alliterations. <laughs> um, so I'm a six foot tall uh, Minnesotan, uh, born and raised Minnesota, played hours and hours and years and years of basketball. And then I went to Duke University, where I actually managed the team. So we would fly everywhere, Madison Square Garden, Stanford, the Virgin Islands. And it was at Duke that I realized I loved live entertainment. I loved theater. And that's where I decided to trade rehearsals, or excuse me, I actually traded practices and games for rehearsals and performances. And I left Duke and I threw myself into the world of commercial theater. 
And you were doing the men's basketball or was it women's basketball that you were managing? Good question. I was a women's basketball manager, which meant that I actually got thrown into some practices and I got to participate a little bit um, when we would all scrimmage, but I was never quick enough or athletic enough to actually be on the team. So that's always a fun tip I give students who love and are passionate about their sports, but might not be at that elite, elite level. I say, go check out the managing. It could be a very fantastic way to engage in your passion. Hilariously, my daughter was the manager for the wrestling team in high school, Yes, <laughs> which we thought was hilarious. And she, she thought she loved it. They all had to do a job at school and that was one of the jobs. And she, she liked it, except she said all the, the dirty, wet uniforms that she had across her house. <laughs> the towels. No. Yeah. Yeah. Nasty stuff. So, so then how did you, so you just decided that this is what you really loved because you really got into it or what did you actually get involved in entertainment at Duke or you stayed strictly on the sports area. And then when you left Duke, you went into entertainment or can you give us a couple of steps there? I decided to study abroad in Los Angeles, California. So when all of my friends were off to Italy or France, um, I wanted to go to LA and I interned on the Sony lot and I found a fantastic festival that was putting together 40 shows across all of Southern California. And these were theatrical shows. So as probably many people know, if you are California based, California is not known for its thriving live theatrical scene, but we were able to plug into this community there where I got a crash course in putting up 40 shows, driving all over Orange County and LA. And our co-chairs were actually Stephen Sondheim and Stephen Schwartz. And if no one here is a Broadway fan, that is okay. Um, those two gentlemen are responsible for some of the biggest shows on Broadway, like Wicked, Sweeney Todd. And um, it was fantastic to get exposed to a team like that at age 19. And that is what really propelled me to get into this career in a meaningful way. So what did you do to get involved? How did you, did you go right to working with those guys or what happened? Cold emails and relentless, relentless follow-up. So I always tell people, <laughs> It's okay to be a little shameless. It is. I mean, the the proactive, obnoxious go-getter is so much more rewarded in entertainment, in these competitive fields. I mean, Leslie, I know that your world, I can't even imagine how people get into the top um, in your world. And similar in theater, if you are not knocking on the door every single day, People lose your resume, people change their email addresses, people are on new projects. So it was literally Googling various experiences and events that I wanted to be a part of. And this particular festival stood out to me and I bothered them every single day until they interviewed me. That's so funny. That's really interesting. Persistence, right? There you go. Yes. That's so interesting. Okay. And so you went from there. So this was the, when you were 
doing this, this was during school and then after school you continued with them because you said you went abroad to LA. That was while you were still in college, right? Exactly. And yes. then afterwards you went um, and you found your way into the same, was it the same group or a different group? Different group, but as you can imagine, those connections I made just helped and helped. Had a and, mm-hmm. and I um, went to New York City and I have leveraged the Duke network, my university network, so much. Um, I think my first four jobs out of college were a direct result of me finding we literally had a secretary at my university who used to be a lighting designer who connected me to someone I used to intern with and just finding any and every excuse to plug into my university network of Broadway and theater workers. I'm from Minnesota, as I mentioned. My mother works in insurance and my father is a, a, an attorney. So I was not coming in with connections, which, you know, the connections help and it's okay to use them. You know, if your parents happen to be in the field you want to be in, I mean, I do think there's, there's no harm in at least utilizing the knowledge and the wisdom that your parents or your family members might have, but in the same breath, you know, I think you can also create those connections yourself through things like university connections. And then what did you do? Then I was an assistant for a producer and I was hungry because I wasn't making enough money to make rent and to eat three meals a day. And I was sharing a bedroom in New York City. And I saw all of my friends who were eye bankers. And I saw all of my friends who were doctors. And I was very, very close to leaving and trying to become a management consultant or something along those lines. And I got a job at a big-time talent agency. And that job at that big-time talent agency effectively served as my business school experience where I was paid a little bit more to comfortably eat three meals a day. And I was in charge of contract after contract after contract with lighting designers, sound designers, directors, writers, actors. And, and then I felt like I was really off to the races. How long did you do that for? The obligatory year to two years. So anyone in entertainment knows you pretty much want that agency job for two years max, (laughs) and then you either want to get out or get promoted. And it was fantastic. I was just on that cusp of um, becoming an agent and becoming um, a fixture within that department. And that's when I got a phone call from Mamma Mia. And I went over to Mamma Mia to manage that Broadway show. It was fantastic. So when you say you manage the show, what does that mean? That means in the world of Broadway, we have the producer who is the boss. And then that producer hires a management team. And then that management team oversees the cast, the crew, the ticket sales, the price of the tickets. And I always explain that shows, especially big successful shows, are more like McDonald's than a 
an NBA team. So there were multiple Mamma Mia's happening all around the world. I happened to work at the Broadway show Mamma Mia, and I happened to be part of that middle management layer that helped move the show from the Winter Garden, which was a big theater over on 51st Street, down to the Broadhurst on 44th Street. And I was in an office all day. And then I would go to the theater at night and I would check in with every single person backstage. And on paper, I was their boss. Candidly, for this podcast only, you know, I was a 24, 25 year old who was figuring out what in the world I was doing. (laughs) So let's talk about now what happened during the pandemic. And how old are you now? How far out are we? I am 32. Okay. And I think that part of the reason I was able to sort of check a lot of boxes professionally was because I happened to have that laser focus. I know so many people graduate college and need to figure out what they're passionate about. And I understand that. I understand that it is strange and weird that I was just laser focused on commercial theater after age 19. So Mamma Mia turned into the Lion King tour where I was the youngest female company manager of a Lion King. And Lion King turned into a um, a Tony winning experience where I was managing a show called Once on this Island, which turned into another Broadway show and another Broadway show. And then Broadway shut down March 12th. It was a Thursday. And I was on the cusp of general managing, which in my world is a step up from where I was. I was on the cusp of general managing several big time shows. Let's put it that way. Some very exciting milestones in my own personal career. And COVID-19 hit. And we are 41 disparate theaters on Broadway. We, We like to think that we're a community and we really are. But there is no NFL, NBA, MLB organization that can really mobilize all of us. We have a trade organization, but nothing that is similar to a headquarters for a multinational organization or anything along those lines. I'm saying all of that because Broadway is still shut down and we have very little visibility in terms of when we're actually going to reopen. So Leslie, I hope I set you up for, well, Margaret, what did you do? (laughs) You got it. Go for it. (laughs) Um, So March, April hit. And I thought, you know, we're, we're not going to figure out how to get back into the theater anytime soon. Um, A lot of producers were hoping that we would be back around the Tonys in June, we would be back around 4th of July. And I was sitting here with my my boyfriend, who's actually a professional opera singer. And we saw what was happening in Europe. We saw what was happening in Australia and how various countries, various organizations were dealing with this differently. And we thought, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's going to be a year. It's going to be at least a year. So I launched a company called Virtual Broadway. And Virtual Broadway connected this incredible stable of artists, musicians, actors, dancers, music directors, all of these people who are in my Rolodex to corporate America. 
So I started knocking down the door of a lot of Duke University alums. I'm sorry to keep plugging my university, but I knocked down the door of a lot of Duke University corporate America business people and said, hey, do you need a learning and development experience? Why don't we have a Hamilton actor come in and teach Zoom tips? Or, hey, you want to motivate your sales team? Let's get a Rock of Ages guitar player and his girlfriend who was in Tina and Jersey Boys. Let's go motivate your sales team. And we gained traction. So I get to sit here with you in January 2021, and I now accidentally launched a successful startup. So explain, did you have to take out money to do this? Did you set up a website? Did you have to get a partner? What did you do? You just started from scratch? Sure. Can I talk candidly on this call? Yes, and yes, you- please. No, that Perfect. would be the, because these are people, <laughs> these are people, Margaret, who are trying to repeat what you did in their own field. You know, they're, they might be in something analogous saying, oh my God, what are we going to do? And um, so they need as much inspiration and advice and specifics that they can get to mimic or use it as a pivot point or a spinoff. Perfect. Let's talk candidly. Mm -hmm. My job on Broadway happens to be opening and closing small businesses. Every single Broadway show is opening and closing small businesses. So I was very comfortable setting up LLCs finding attorneys, hammering out an operating agreement, knowing what a K-1 is, knowing which payroll company to call, knowing how 1099 versus W-2s are going to interact with my business. So I happened to come in with that knowledge. It was incredibly helpful. I um, purposefully identified a couple other co-founders who never, ever, ever had done that. And speaking candidly on this call, I think it's okay to not come in knowing business and QuickBooks down cold, but you do need someone in your corner who is a phone call away to help. If you are looking to bootstrap a business, and when I say bootstrap, I mean under $10,000, $20,000. If you're looking to start a business for under $10,000, $20,000, you have to be one phone call away from a family member who's an accountant from a best friend who has started their own business, even if it's a restaurant or something outside of what you're trying to do, because there is just enough red tape. We're saying, oh, just read a book about this. My opinion, you you need the network. You have to have that network. And how did you find your network? Did you join things? Did you, what did you do? Did you, I mean, like create it just yourself? Well, honestly, um, and this is not me trying to stroke your ego, but organizations like Covey Club are exactly where people can and should turn to. Um, Organizations like women's groups or uh, trade associations are, are great, but I do think there is something very powerful in something as specific and intentional as a Covey Club. And I, I also think that Having friends, having real relationships with people in various industries, in various geographical locations is incredibly important. Had I only made friends within the New York City Broadway community, 
I would not have been able to be one phone call away from so many business people when Broadway shut down. Obviously, I never thought that those business connections would be so vital because I I did not see a pandemic coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know some people did, and those were smarter scientists and smarter human beings than I, but I certainly did not see it coming. I just always liked having different types of people in my life. And when you start a small business, whether it happens to be an entertainment or whether it happens to be a, um, a restaurant, all of a sudden having a lot of different types of friends and a lot of different types of networks really, really helps. So talk to me about what you've actually produced. Give me very specific as you don't have to mention names of companies if you don't want to, but you're welcome to if you want. What kind of things have people done? Because there are a lot of people in HR who listen um, to this podcast, people who are in management who are going to be having to figure out how to motivate uh, a staff from afar, when to bring people together, um, how to do things differently, interestingly. What what have you come up with? Virtual Broadway provides corporate engagement experiences. And what that means is personalized performances, interactive workshops, and creative conversations. So looking at those three buckets, a personalized performance. For a Fortune 500's All Hands, we created an original song completely bespoke to the milestones of that company for that year. Great. Interactive workshops. For a large conference in Colorado, we had a Lion King dancer come on and have all of the conference attendees stand up, and she led them in a stress-relieving wellness activity. It was, a, it was hysterical. It was a blast. So we, we really honed the type of stretching and wellness that she led the attendees in. We really honed that to their particular line of work, which happened to be all attorneys sitting at a desk who needed to relieve a lot of back and neck tension. And oh, by the way, of course, we talked about some really fun Lion King stories. And then the last one is a creative conversation. So we had one multinational financial firm reach out to us and say, we really want to celebrate and honor our sales team. And we were able to put together 45 minutes of content where we had the director of Motown, the musical, come on and essentially give a multimedia TED Talk where I was able to bring in some performers. I was able to bring in um, a lot of references to the stories he was sharing. And, and, And the most fun, honestly, is putting artists together who get to work at a moment that is devastating. I don't want to get too sad on this podcast, but it's, it's bad. It's bad for Broadway right now. It was interesting. I, I'm in New Orleans, of course, and one of the big sad things we're all missing is uh, music and Tipitina's, which is the probably one of the most famous uh, nightclubs there is. They're doing word of mouth things, and you go you go sit on the um, the meridian. Um, everybody brings their chairs. Everybody was completely masked up and and set 
um, six to 12 feet apart. Mm. And they did an hour and a half performance. I mean, and, and you really got the sense that, oh my God, like what has been going on with these people who that's all they do. They love to entertain. I mean, I can't imagine it's like probably taking, you know, eating away from people who love to eat that it must be very hard on them mentally. You really got this sense of joy and, you know, they were doing it for tips that were, you know, tip bucket passed around, but I, it was so joyful to see them and to, to receive their energy. And yours is mostly, um, obviously it's going to be over zoom right now, or how are you doing it? Exactly. We actually have a couple COVID compliance officers on our team but we have not yet done live in terms of in person. We have absolutely done live over Zoom. We have absolutely used various teleconferencing platforms and we're working on a couple really exciting initiatives for 2021 that for anyone who likes tech and uh, sound out there, uh, low latency live streaming with a live band and singers and trying to crack the code on something that's been very difficult for anyone outside of a multi-hundred-thousand-dollar YouTube live, Facebook live streaming concert. So hopefully that's just enough teaser. I don't have to go into the details of that, but we're forever. <laughs> okay. we, we are forever trying to push the, the limits to, um, to better serve our clients. So where do you see yourself going as we, it's going to take a while for us to open up. Are, are you thinking that you'll do things? Have you been asked to do any things in, in person yet for the second half or second, third quarter? Are you getting any sense that people feel positive about that? Great question. What I think a lot of event managers or uh, people who are listening, who are really at the forefront of this might tell you is, we're going to see hybrid events before we see full-fledged in-person events come back. Um, hybrid events are going to be this, this mix of still some virtual content, but then still possibly meeting in a conference hall in some way. I do not pretend at all to be uh, an expert in how those hybrid events are going to run. But as of right now, I'm seeing most corporations really play the conservative card and we are booking virtual events out till June, out till August. Um, that said, that is just what we are happening to book. We work with a lot of Midwestern and uh, Eastern seaboard companies. <laughs> so I do not know on the international scale what people are seeing. So for people who are obviously interested in working with you, what, what is an enter, what's the entry fee to get going with you on something? And then how do they reach you? Thank you for asking. Uh, so we are Virtual Broadway. Our website is virtualbway.com, virtualbway.com. And our experiences start at $3,000. And as I like to say, we're more like your custom jeweler than your McDonald's in terms of ordering off a pricing menu. I have about 800 levers I can pull to work within your budget and to really create the experience to optimize what you need. So getting a famous Oscar-winning actor to come on and do something who's also been on Broadway is going to put you in a different 
budgetary reality than if we were to get someone who is maybe the star of Wicked or the star of Beautiful and she's able to record within her own home and all of a sudden we're saving money that way. So I always say I can work within just about any budget. We start at 3000 and I am always incredibly transparent about where we are allocating the money and where we are saving to make sure that it's reflecting what the client really, really wants. How will you know when you've made it? That's a perfect question. I'll know when I've made it, when I'm able to look at least a dozen artists in the eyes and know that I really was able to help get them not only money, but an outlet for their creativity. And um, I think we are well on our way to achieving that goal. What's been the biggest stumbling block so far? The tech. Oh, It's it's been the tech. Um, I give Zoom a lot of credit. They've continually optimized for voice. Uh, It's it's tough with music, as anyone here knows, if you tried to sing happy birthday over a Zoom. It's terrible. It's tough. Oh, yeah, it's And hard. so on, on my back end, you know, I'm working with a whole team of audio mixers and editors mm. and Broadway music directors and world-class guitar players to try to crack that code because we want to be able to come into a Fortune 500 company's standing teams meeting and not make their whole employee base go over to Twitch or go over to another platform to watch one of our experiences. So happily, happily, we've, we've managed to solve it quite, quite a bit so far. Wow. Incredible. Anything that um, else that people need to know about pivoting in a pandemic? What surprised you, what you'd encourage people to do? Use your network and shamelessly build out your network. Um, I was cold emailing and cold calling people every single week. And I found that some of the best brainstorming I did was with people who had no idea how how my business actually worked, but they were just creative, smart people. Um, and, and it's also important to be realistic, you know, don't, don't spend five hours trying to chase someone down who might not be a client. If you have some low hanging fruit that you're uh, not able to follow up with because you're so distracted by something else. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Absolutely amazing. I love what you've done. I think it's great. And there's so many people who are listening who might be able to use your services. I think it's awesome. And um, I want to say just good luck because I think it's a, it's a great offering for many people on many sides and something we all need. And hopefully it will bring a smile to everybody's face on both sides, right? Thank you. Exactly. We're, we're passionate about connection, right? No one gets into Broadway or into theater who's not passionate about connection. Mm. And this is just one more avenue to connect corporate America teams to something I happen to love, which is Broadway. And if, um, if Broadway actors are not engagement experts, I don't know who are. and who is (laughs) point well taken well thank you margaret i so appreciate it thanks so much for joining us today thank you thank you 
I hope you enjoyed this discussion with Margaret about how to reinvent yourself and reinvent yourself in this crazy moment and your business in this crazy moment. And I hope that if you enjoyed this, you will subscribe and follow us. I hope you will also come over to Covey Club. Right now, we are running a very special subscription sort of promotion. We want to bring you in. And if you are interested in reinvention, we have so much reinvention material, not only in terms of articles that we write that are all original or stories we tell about people who have done it, but also in terms of all the classes we hold. We hold three classes every week and we are constantly talking about reinvention and how to get there. And you will also come meet wonderful women who have done it, who will have your back. And a lot of people say that they came to Covey for the business connections or for the self-knowledge and they stay for the friendship. And these are women who are warm and wonderful and they are open to meeting new people. They want to meet new people. Unlike some places that claim that where it's not true, these women really do. So I suggest you come over and visit us at coveyclub.com and come join us. Come try one of our positive mornings. Our coaching sessions on Monday mornings are amazing and we'll start you off on the right note and get you positive and going in the right direction and with a lot of support from other women just like you. So I hope you enjoyed this. Come back and join us again and come over to Covey Club and visit us. Take care.